first of all, there's so many races out there. And I think, it'd be, like you said, we're kind of serial racers. We, we prefer to race versus train. Diz Runs Radio, episode 711, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick, today's episode of the show is brought to you by the folks over at Exoskin who make uh, just some really top quality gear, base layer gear from socks to compression tights to shorts, uh, compression shorts to you know tops to loose fit shirts to long sleeve shirts to tight fit compression type of shirts, tops, sleeveless, the whole nine yards. They've got it. They've got it all. Uh, and as, as summer is starting to approach, the stuff breathes great. Uh, it doesn't stink. All of all of the good things that you want in compression gear, you get with anything that you get from Exoskin. So if you want to check out more of, of what they have available uh, with some new things coming soon as well, head over to exoskin.us. And uh, when you find a couple things that you like, which you're going to find a couple things that you like, when you find them, put them in your cart. Before you check out, make sure you use the code DISRUNS at checkout. It saves you 20%. Uh, and, and gives us some credit for, uh, you know, sending some people their way, which is, uh, obviously what they're trying to do with their advertising dollars. So check it out. Exoskin.us. Diz runs at checkout. And now let's go ahead and uh, dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, today's guest is a woman that I've been, uh, you know, kind of quote unquote going to invite on the show for, I don't know, a handful of years now. I feel like we've been in, in the same circles for a while, um, between ultra and orange mud and, and all the different places and, and social media. And, and, and I mean, I just feel like this is a, a conversation that's long overdue, but finally we are, are able to make it happen, which is, uh, which is exciting. Uh, today's guest definitely has a fondness for racing, uh, both roads and trails. Um, and, and, uh, if, if, Instagram profiles are to be believed, which sometimes they are. Sometimes the the, the information, at least for mine, information can be a little outdated. Uh, she's closing in on a hundred finishes of races of either the half marathon distance or longer. So uh, obviously enjoys getting out there and and running uh, a race whenever the possibility uh, exists. And so, uh, like I said, lots of things to talk about. Look, definitely looking forward to it. Long overdue, uh, and it's a pleasure to welcome Miss Jenny Nakamura to the show. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Jenny. Really uh, appreciate it and uh, and looking forward to it. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here today. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If you haven't checked out Jenny's blog yet, you definitely want to do so. It's runny-legs.com, R-U-N-N-Y-L-E-G-S.com. Instagram and Twitter, same handle without the dash. So it makes it, uh, makes it one character less, at runnylegs, again, R-U-N-N-Y-L-E-G-S. And uh, in case you're uh, out on the go, can't write that down, or just want to check out the show notes, photos, you know, Cliff's notes, all those things, disruns.com slash 712 is the link that will take you back to the show notes for today's episodes, disruns.com slash 712. So Jenny, the way we always start off each episode of the show uh, was with the same, the same simple question now. We've been, been going at it for, I don't know, 712 episodes now asking the same question to start off the, the same, you know, this, the same way. Uh, real simple question can be a difficult one to answer. And, and uh, you know, it might be a little bit tricky for you since you are such a, a race fan, but it's just to ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Oh boy. Um, I am going to say the half marathon because um, it's, I can always be in half shape. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, 
I loved some of the longer distances, like the 50K, 50 mile, but um, those are a little bit more challenging to stay in shape for. Mm-hmm. Uh, while the half marathon, it's, you know, it takes up like maybe a couple hours on your Saturday or Sunday and you can go on and you're not hobbling around for the mm-hmm. most part afterwards. And uh, yeah, I think that that one, and it's easy and it's a little bit cheaper too than some of the other races. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're, you're running that many races that those, those, uh, you know, that, that, 10, 20, $30 that, difference. It adds up after a while. Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes too, you know, I'm more of a mid pack runner. So, um, you know, the marathon, it's like, then my husband has to wait for me for yeah. quite a while, for a little while and stuff. And so then I can do the half while he does the full and, um, I can wait for him. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. How'd you get into How'd you get into the sport of running? Is it something that's always been, been part of your life or, or where did you, uh, you know, kind of go down this, this, proverbial trail that has uh, gotten you to this point? Um, so I started when I was very young, um, running track. Mm-hmm. I think I did my first race in like second grade or something like at the field days and, mm-hmm. um, for like our, my elementary school. And then when I moved to South Bend, Indiana, um, I started running track for our, our grade school and my dad was my coach. Um, I did like sprints, 100, mi- 100 meters, 200 meters, 400 meters. Um, and then I did this thing called the softball throw, which I don't know if they even have this anymore. But um, basically, you take this big ball that's bigger than a softball and you have to throw it. Um, and so that was actually my best event, <laughs> so I, which was kind of funny. But anyway, through high school, I ran track and stuff. Um, 400 meters, four, four by four relay. Um, I mean, I was fast, but not that fast mm. compared to like, and if you look, if I had lived in California, I probably wouldn't even have made the team, right, right, right. <laughs> but I lived in Indiana. And so, um, and then when I moved, I kind of stopped when I went to college and maybe here and there ran a little bit. Um, finally, um, back in, I think it was 2009, I decided I want to start running again. So I start out and I get, I'm doing really good. And then I worked as a wedding planner at um, the castle hotel in Orlando. And I um, was walking, bringing flowers out of the, the room. And all of a sudden I slipped and apparently there was some wet flower petals on the runner slip and pull my hamstring. So I'm like, Oh geez. And I was up to like eight miles at that point. And so I was like, Oh my gosh. So out for like eight months, um, could barely even walk, let alone run and finally come back. And I see that I get this email from track check and it says run injury free. And I'm like, (laughs) Awesome. This is what I I need injury free. So I look it up and it's the Galloway program. Um, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with track check, but they're amazing. And they have like all these different, um, run groups. So for every ability, but the Galloway one is with Jeff Galloway and they actually brought him out and he talked to us and he's a proponent of the run, walk, run. Right. And so, yeah, I started doing that. And then eventually I got asked to, um, one of our friends who worked for Disney and was also part of the group, he was like, Oh, we're doing something with Jeff for run Disney for the princess half marathon. Mm-hmm. And so I hadn't signed up yet, but I was like, Oh, this sounds awesome. Let's try it. And so I, um, I signed up for that little program and I got picked. And so I had to sign up for the half marathon <laughs> and that was my first half, um, 2011 princess half marathon. 
Um, and we got to do a few videos with, mm-hmm. with Jeff and, um, yeah, so I went out and I ran that one and like, at first I thought, oh, this is going to be it. Just one. Mm-hmm. And like, I never wanted to run a marathon after that. Um, just wanted to, I was like, oh, half is fine. Half is fine. Then when I moved to Phoenix, all my friends were doing marathons and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe I need to do a marathon too. So I signed up and I got, I was doing charity for New York city marathon, 2012 and I was going to do that as my first marathon and unfortunately um Hurricane Sandy came Mm -hmm. through and so we couldn't do we couldn't run um and so I begged my friend at Disney to get me into the Disney marathon (laughs) and uh, that was my first marathon so kind of fitting that I would go back to Orlando to do my first marathon as well and so, yeah, I did Disney both times and, um, I've done a bunch of the Disney races. I haven't done any recently. Mm-hmm. Um, the trip to Florida is just, it's a rough one. Right. <laughs> Sometimes. right. Which, yeah, uh, so that's, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that's it in a nutshell, how I got into these. Gotcha. Things. Gotcha. Which, which was, which, which year was that first Disney marathon? I'm trying to see if we, if we might've, you know, again, you know, circles running together. Did I, did I run that one with yeah. you maybe? Um, 2013. 2013. Was my first. I think yeah, I that think was, was the, the year 25th. I didn't run a Disney marathon. So that was at least one of the Disney marathon weekends, if, if memory is serving. So. Yeah, it was um 20. I think 25th anniversary of the marathon. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, it was so hot. It was like I think um 80 degrees with crazy humidity by like mile five or something. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's all I remember is uh, it being really hot and humid and living in Phoenix. While I had only been there a few months, it was, um, it changes really fast when you're used to all that dry air. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we definitely didn't, didn't cross paths there. I ran, I ran the Disney marathon in 2010, which was my first, first marathon okay. in 2011. And then again in 2014 and ran the, the half uh-huh. on 20, in 2012. I don't know why I didn't run it in 2013, but for some reason I didn't, <laughs> I didn't run it in 2013 or any of the races that weekend. But, uh, but anyway, so yeah, so, so nice, uh, um, I don't know if nice, maybe not nice isn't quite the right way to say it, but uh, some, some, some bumps along the way, uh, kind of getting into, into running a little bit from starting out running yeah. pretty, pretty, pretty uh, you know, regularly running track, things like that. Um, going back to, to the, the college days a little bit, can, was there, um, I mean, was it just like, I'm not running competitively, so I'm not running? Like, like what, was, what was the, uh, the, the reason for kind of not really doing a whole lot of running in, in those, you know, those, those years? Um, you know, I, I couldn't really even say at this mm. point. I yeah. think what it was is like just going to college and like getting acclimated to all of that. Mm. And um, I mean, I went to Indiana University um, okay. and it was like four hours from home, which was fine. I was it was like probably the furthest school in state school just, you know, to get away mm-hmm. or whatever. But my focus at that time was getting into a program to go and study abroad in Italy mm. and because my family's from I'm three quarters Italian. So most of my family is from there. And that was like a huge focus for me. And so I think I might've moved my focus from running to the focus of getting into that program. Mm-hmm. Um, also like, yeah, like not running competitively and there was no way I would have right. qualified to even be on the team. Um, it, I think it kind of went to the wayside and, you know, you, none of my friends were runners. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe I'd run a little bit here and there, but nothing like crazy. I do remember doing a couple of five K's, but running back then um, in the mid nineties, it wasn't the same as it is now. Right. Like now you see people like, 
I mean, shoot, I've watched the YouTube of people running around Notre Dame and I'm like, wow, when did they do that? Like, that's really cool. But like, it wasn't quite the same. Like people weren't really into it as much as we all are now, or at least maybe my, just my, my, uh, social circle is all into it. Right. Well, yeah, and that's, and that's, that's you know, I, I think that's that's an interesting point of something that it's easy to overlook and that, you know, way back, way back then, back in back in the late 90s, early 2000s, whatever, like, like there isn't social media like there is now. So, you know, if, if you, if you weren't running and your, your peer group wasn't running, even if, and I don't think that, you know, check the stats, I don't think that the running population, the numbers of runners are quite like they are, are today. But even if they were, if it wasn't within your, your, immediate literal social circle um there'd be no way of knowing that uh, other people are running or, or connecting or things like that versus now social media i mean everybody's so so interconnected within running and and beyond that it's like oh yeah like there's there's a lot of people out there running and, and things are more more uh accessible or maybe not more accessible more, more the, the awareness is is higher um so it's 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 and, and obviously now both of us as well being into it it's like yeah like every everybody's a, everybody that you know is a runner because that's <laughs> that's the people that you know Exactly. Also, now that I think about it, part of it was too, I was a sprinter. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of like, and I always thought, okay, that's all I'm going to ever do is sprint, you know? And so when you do 400 meters, like you barely run a mile, let alone right. uh, some days. So like, I never thought, oh, five K's or any of that stuff. And even now, like my dad would say like, of all the people, he would never have expected me to run a marathon, <laughs> you know, and now I'm 26 in, but um, you know, it's kind of funny because that's all I did when I was a kid was run fast and short. Mm-hmm. So I think that was part of it too, is like, I never thought I could even run a 5k, let alone. And I don't run a lot of 5k's, but it took me forever to get under 30 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, you know, so it was kind of one of those things where it wasn't a focus probably because of that mm-hmm. and not thinking that I could actually do the longer distances or that they just didn't really interest me or whatever at that point in time. So, so when, when you decided to, to cross that, that bridge a little bit before, before slipping and hurting yourself at the, at, you know, coming out of, out with the flowers, uh, but, but building up and starting to build some of that endurance was that, was that, uh, I mean, I don't have a sprinting background. Um, I, I, I never ran track or anything like that, uh, com- coming up. Um, so I, I don't know what it would be like to kind of go from all the running that I know is, you know, pretty much run as hard as you can for, you know, for 400 meters or shorter, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that's it. Um, to now kind of learning that idea of pacing yourself a bit and stretching, stretching out the distance. Was that, was that a pretty awkward transition into distance running in those early days? Um, yeah, I would say like, you know, plus being a little bit more out of shape cause you know, you've been mm. working, you know, finish mm. college, you start working, you know, you tend to, you know, do all that stuff where you're, eating a little bit more or you're going out at night and doing that sort of stuff. Um, and you're spending a lot of time at a desk or, I mean, fortunately I was lucky. I worked in, um, hotels, so I was able to walk around a lot, but, um, yeah, it was, it was challenging. And like, I would do that sprint and then, you know, you'd get 400 meters or however long and be like totally out of breath and have to walk for a little while. And Mm -hmm. so it was a big buildup. Like when I say I got to eight miles, like that was like over a couple of months. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I had this little lake that I would run around and, um, I would go out and it was like half a mile or so. And so I would try to do like, okay, today I'm going to do like, four laps and then go back. And then I just kept every day or every week it would like build up. Um, I didn't want to go too fast because I know my, 
my dad had been a runner and he'd never run any races or anything, but he went from like eight to nine and then 10 in the same week. And then he got really injured. Now he can't run something with his knee. So I was like, Oh, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) So just starting slow and yeah, it built up. And when I first started, I had no goals of running a race. It was just to see what I could do. And, uh, yeah. So looking back on it now, I'm like, wow, you know, now I would be like, why wasn't I thinking of a race, Mm -hmm. you know, to do, but I think even then I was, and this was like early two thousands, like wasn't even thinking about that. There were many races outside of like maybe a few that track shack had at that time. Um, but I think even that was like maybe a 10 K they didn't really have like a half marathon. Um, and so, yeah, it was, I think I did that, um, there was one, a five, a 15 K in, um, in September, I think for like the hospital or something. And we did that a couple of times, but, um, other than that, yeah, it was kind of like, you know, let's just see what we can do. Mm-hmm. But then when I started with track, the Galloway program, before I started with them, just to make sure that I could run, I did a couch to 5k. Okay. And, um, even that like was kind of tough, but, um, with the hamstring, it, it was able, I was able to kind of go easy mm-hmm. to like get some confidence back before I started running with the group. Cause you know, it's kind of intimidating when you go out there with a group of people who have been running for a long time, even if they're run walking and, right. stuff, and uh, you don't know them and <laughs> they don't know you and stuff. So, but it was a great experience. Good, good. So, uh, you get the, get the seed planted at uh, a couple of Disney races and, and, uh, yeah. get, get relocated to, to Phoenix and get into a, another running community and, and things kind of keep uh, snowballing from there. Um, we, I, I'm going to assume, and yeah, I mean, you know what happens when you start assuming, but I'm assuming that, uh, <laughs> out, out in Phoenix is maybe where some of the, the more trail running came into play, but if not, that's, that's, that's fine. But, but that's kind of the question where, when did you kind of start dabbling into, into trail running a little bit? So I did do a few trail races in Phoenix, but that wasn't really the catalyst for it. So I'm going to tell another little story here. But yes. back in, um, you know, when Meb won Boston back mm-hmm. in 2014, um, just getting into Instagram and all that stuff. But I had met a girl on Instagram and she was pretty, pretty fast. She's way faster now than she was back then. But um Meb said he was going to come to San Diego rock and roll and be a pacer for the 130 group. And so she's, I send her a message and I'm like, Hey, he's going to do this. And she's like, Oh, that's awesome. Maybe I'll come down. So, um, she lived in like near the LA area and I was living in Phoenix. So we were like, okay, yes, we're going to finally meet. And so we set up this meeting and we're going to have dinner and all this stuff. And she says, I'm going to bring two friends or two people. So I'm thinking she's going to bring her husband and a friend. Well, she ends up bringing a friend and then another friend. (laughs) And so one of the friends was Sean, who's now my husband. Um, And so we all are talking and all this stuff. And like he came, comes late and Sean comes late mm-hmm. and he has no idea that, um, the girl and I have never met until that night, oh. <laughs> like literally like social media friends, mm-hmm. Instagram friends, and that's it. Well, anyway, long story short, he's, I finally go sub two and a half the day, the next day he sends me a congratulatory, um, message on Facebook. And then a couple days later, he sends me another message. And then a few days later, another message and like, we're talking. And so then we end up, we're talking, um, or texting, I guess you could say. And, um, he's training for Tahoe 200. Mm. 
the first one. And so he's telling me all this stuff about all these trail races and everything. And I'm like, Oh wow. You know? And then eventually we have our first date right before San Francisco marathon. And then like the rest is history. And I, I didn't actually crew him at a race until the following year, but, um, he's the one who got me into trail running because once I moved to San Diego, like trail is pretty much, Sean does both Mm -hmm. road and trail, but trail is his real passion. So like, that's when we started doing more trail and we, I did my first 50 K at Leona divide in 2015, I believe. And yeah, and then that's that's it. So now we mix it up, go back and forth between roads and trails. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and, and that's kind of what I was curious about because I, I feel like you know painting with with a broad brush, it's it's a little bit uh, difficult to do. But um, it seems like most of the people that I've talked to on the show, you know, maybe got their start running, you know, s- similar to to like you or I, where you know you get into a, a, a training group or something like that, and you run a run a half marathon, and maybe you venture up to the marathons, whatever, um, and then once feel like once they find the trails once once people get into it especially in a good a good community where there are lots of, of trails to run on and lots of trails to, to rate you know less of lots of trail racing going on um it's just like yep you know like i'm kind of close the door on on road running and it's like trails trails for me whether it's ultras or shorter distance whatever it's just like the, the trail the trail thing uh it seems to take over a lot of people um but it doesn't seem like that's happened for you it's, it sounds like it's been a, a pretty good balance um yeah, I don't know what what the question is, other than you know, is it is it is it is it just a case of you like them both, so it's 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 a chance to do kind of both disciplines? Because I mean, as much as they're both running, that, that you know, a good trail run and a good road a good road race or a good trail race and a good road race, like those are pretty different animals. Um, yeah. So so what you know, do, do you ever see a situation where you would go one or the other, or you really like having the, the mixture? You know, I don't think so. I think we would do both just because um, there's so many. Well, first of all, there's so many races out there. Mm-hmm. And I think, it'd be, like you said, we're kind of serial racers. We, we prefer to race versus train <laughs> um, or use races as training. Mm-hmm. And um, part of that is the, um, the like, uh, what do you want to say? It is the environment Mm -hmm. so like we ran la marathon this past weekend and so many spectators and like they really like pump you up and everything and you don't really get the same effect at a trail race but trail races are incredibly beautiful Mm -hmm. so now i'm kind of a snob when it comes to a half marathon because i'm like oh the the course is so ugly (laughs) like (laughs) we're running through uh we're running through strip malls and all that stuff because i've run through like you know lake tahoe and uh the like all zion and things like that and so it's kind of uh interesting that dynamic of it but i think too for speed wise like the road is definitely a, you can be a lot faster on the road and we still have goals. Like Sean's going to go to Boston for the first time this year and I'd like to qualify myself. Um, and so, you know, there's still that goal, but then the goal of also seeing all these amazing places and that's where the trail takes us gotcha. <laughs> is to like, you know, it's incredible. Some of the places we went to Yosemite for the la- first time last year and we're like in awe, like, mm-hmm. you know, driving into the park and you're just like, whoa, <laughs> like, you know, mouths dropping. Like it's, it's pretty spectacular what the, you know, what mother nature has done. <laughs> so we're lucky to be able to do both. Yeah. And, and, uh, kind of along that, that line, I, I feel a lot of times and, and, 
again, you know, painting, painting with some generalities here, but you know, a, a, a road, a road race, if it's a big city race, a big city race is a big city race is a big city race. Like, yes, yeah. the, the landmarks you're going to see are different in LA versus in London versus in Chicago versus, you know, wherever, like, like there's, there's going to be some differences that the topography is gonna be a little bit different, but a, a road race in a big city is a road race in a big city versus yeah. a, a trail race in a national park is different from you know one national park to the next in the same in the same state or the same region, let alone across the country, let alone around around the world. So so yeah, it's it's yeah. definitely. Um, I think I think I, I can uh, even though I'm I'm a very uh, in, still still uh, re- relatively uh, novice to running in the trails and trail racing. It's it's yeah. I mean, it, you want to see some some beauty and some nature and just how how different different parts of the world can be. Um, you can you can do that a little bit on the road, but man, on the, on the trail, there's there's nothing better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of it's pretty incredible, like what you can see out there, and like sometimes you're not even expecting it. You're like, you turn a corner and there's a waterfall, and you're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Where did that come from? Right. You know? Or like right now, there's all the poppies out here in California, mm. which. If you're out here, do not step on the poppies. They're very <laughs> fragile. Um, it's, uh, yeah, so we've been going, even on the trails here in San Diego, like you pop out and there's so many flowers everywhere. And um, you don't need to go to like the where the super bloom is happening because it's everywhere. Mm. Um, and you just don't know when it's, when it's going to pop up. Um, and so like even on the trails that you run on every day, like you wait a couple weeks and it gets a little bit of rain and you go out there and you're like, this is, it's, kind of magical like mm-hmm. you don't know what to expect <laughs> every it could be different every time right right and uh, yeah. as opposed to running the same the same roads every day like it's it's you exactly know, again i mean there, there's going to be some subtle differences some subtle changes but it's like like for me you know running in, in in my neighborhood it's like the the big the big difference is you know which which holiday is the lady down the street that puts all the fake flowers <laughs> out to, to to decorate for the holiday like you know like they just went from all green for saint patrick's day and now it's all pastel getting ready for easter like that's that's the big change that happens in, in the neighborhood so yeah, not, not yeah. quite the same as the changes that happen out in, out in nature on a regular basis. Yeah, exactly. But you know, there's pl- pros and cons to both. So, mm-hmm. you know, we always, you know, I've been fortunate. I haven't really run into any wild animals, but you never know. Um, and right now it's like snake, se- rattlesnake season. Mm-hmm. So some, one of my friends posted this picture the other day and I'm like, Oh, they're back. <laughs> you right. know, so that those are things you have to worry about on the trails, but you know, on the road, I think part of the reason why for training purposes, we either use our treadmill or go on the trails is because, um, you know, cars Mm -hmm. these days, people just don't pay attention and, um, you just want to be safe out there and not get, not get hit by a car. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I feel like whatever you're, you're comfortable with or whatever is kind of in your environment are the things that you don't worry about. Cause like, like I, you know, I worry about cars, but it's like, I, I run probably 90% of my runs on, on the road. And, and think for the most part, like we talked about before we got started being in, in central Florida, like I'm starting at five o'clock in the morning, most, most days yeah. uh, to try to beat the heat. So the traffic's not usually too bad as if I was trying to run more, you know, rush hour type of times a day, but it's like, still, yeah, you gotta be, you gotta be aware of the cars. Like I got when I, when I do venture off onto the trails, it's like, you know, it's, it's counting alligators. Like how many alligators am I going to see today? You gotta be aware <laughs> yeah, of those, exactly. but it's like, like I have no, you know, like, I mean, I guess if there was a big gator, like in the middle of the trail, like I probably wouldn't just go like jump over them and keep going. Like I'd probably <laughs> turn around, but it's like, you know, yeah. like, like I've, I, the last time out on the trail a couple of weeks ago, like there was a big alligator, like five feet away from me, just in the, on the edge of the water. But like, there was no 
Cliff or Ledge or anything like that. Like it was, if he wanted me, he probably could have gotten me. Um, and like I didn't even yeah. like I didn't even have, like I stopped to take a picture of the silly thing instead of like just running <laughs> run around and buy it. But then you know I hear you talk about you know it's 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 rattlesnake season. I'm like oh hell no like. Like no, like I, I don't want anything to do with being out on the you know to come around the, the corner of a trail and like having a, a rattlesnake be sunning himself right there. So it's just you know yeah, and I don't or want anything to do with across. being on a treadmill all day. So it's like you know you, you deal with what what you're comfortable with and what what your environment provides and you know it's that's yeah. one of the beauties of our sport is that everybody kind of has their own their own little in, exactly. idiosyncrasies and, and what exactly. works for them and what doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Once you see the first, the first rattlesnake, everything else, every stick is a rattlesnake until <laughs> further notice. <laughs> you know? But this time of year, when it starts to get warm, it, this is really like this, I'd say like now through, and even now it seems a little early, but I, I guess um, I've not seen one mm-hmm. knock on wood. So um, I think now through like probably like early June is when you're going to see a lot of them because um, it's starting to get warmer and stuff. And we do have a lot of trails around here. San Diego is interesting because like you have all the road and everything, but then you'll have like these, like this place called Mission Trails. It's like in the middle of the city almost. And so you have trails that you can find like, people can run outside their back backyard and like hit a trail right, right away. So mm-hmm. it's kind of unique in that aspect. So you won't have to go too, too far to find the trail. Right. Right. Um, one, one other thing that, uh, I just kind of, I, I feel like I have to, to ask about for, for those that are listening that are, are going, you know, after, as, as the winter is, is hopefully finally in most places calming down enough that, uh, you know, it's at least safe to, to get out and, and, and run on the roads for those that have been stuck inside a, a fair bit, uh, this, this winter, um, you know, they, they don't like to hear me complain about the weather. Um, I'm sure that they probably, you know, so hearing, hearing yeah. you complaining in, in, uh, San Diego about, yeah, I do a lot of my running on the treadmill. Um, or maybe not a lot, but at least do, do some on the treadmill. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I get every winter, I get all these questions about what, what can I do to, you know, try to make the treadmill more exciting. I'm like, I don't know. Like I haven't run on a treadmill in like four or five years. I just refuse to refuse to do it. Uh, because I, it's just, maybe it's in my head now that it's just, you know, it's, it's so, painful and boring and I can't, I can't handle it. But, but for those that, you know, for, for whether it's, it's, you know, a mom who's got to stay, stay, you know, stay at home mom with, with kids and you can't just leave and go for a run or, or whatever the case might be work or, or whatever safety issues, um, for people that, that kind of find themselves getting stuck on the treadmill once in a while. Um, anytime I talk to somebody who runs on the treadmill a lot, I always like to ask like, what, what, yeah, for lack of a better way of saying it, Why? How, how do you, yeah, how do you, how do you tolerate it? Like what, what do you, do you have any tricks to pass the time or do you just really enjoy it? Or, you know, when, when you get on the treadmill, um, you know, how, how do you, how do you not, this is me asking, how do you just not go crazy on that silly thing when you could just go outside and, and get to the trails or, or whatever the case might be? Well, so first of all, I'm not running long on the treadmill, okay. <laughs> uh, maybe a few miles here and there, but we have an incline trainer, so a treadmill, so it goes up to 40% incline. Mm. And so we've been using it a lot to like simulate like hill running mm-hmm. and doing that. So I actually hike on it a lot, um, just to get the, you know, work on those legs, uh, doing more of the hill repeat type stuff. Um, and that is nice. Cause then you don't have to worry about cars. Mm-hmm. Like, cause where we live, we have a few hills, but there's always cars flying up and down. And you know, the sidewalks aren't that fun because right. aren't that great because you get the little dip and it's driveway and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So using that is really helped a lot. Um, Sean actually runs on it. Um, lately 
almost every morning. And that's because he goes to work late. So he later, and so he'll do his workout on there. So he doesn't have to stay at work right? because he's a streak runner. Um, doesn't have to stay at work until like nine o'clock to incorporating his run Mm -hmm. and he can get home a little earlier. Um, but what we've been doing is we just watched YouTube videos and, um, I know his fascination lately has been about Everest. So we've been watching a lot of Everest videos, uh, while we, while we're on the treadmill. Um, and yeah, that's probably the easiest thing, but it's not like a long run. Like if we had to do, I would say more than five miles, we're probably going to go outside. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I really like using the incline. Plus, um, we have a Nordic track mm-hmm. and iFit is on there. And mm-hmm. um, so Tommy Rivers Putsi, who's mm-hmm. also an ultra athlete, he is one of their people and he's amazing. Like you just watch him and, and he talks to you and shares all these different places. And so mm-hmm. it's that I think helps a little bit too. Um, I think it is um, Emily Run M's. She has a trick where you just cover the treadmill mm-hmm. base and you don't worry about what it says on there. Watch TV, read a book, whatever you're going to do. Right. And so that helps a lot. Um, because you know, when you're watching it go around, you're like, Oh my gosh, I've only got a half, come on, like a quarter <laughs> mile and it's been five minutes or right. you know, whatever. And you feel like it takes so much longer, but if you cover it up and you watch something, then, um, especially something exciting that you, or Mm -hmm. interesting to you, then that could help a little bit too. Yeah. When, when, uh, when Emily was on the show, we, we talked, we talked a long time about the treadmill and, uh, (laughs) and and got some of her her tricks and tips, but you know, again, I mean, you know, all, all seriousness, it it really, you know, if that's, use it for what, what uh what you need it for and, and i love the idea mm-hmm. like you said of you know use it for more power hiking and really getting some some hills in that way um you know which which is something that uh especially if you're running a lot of trails like that's kind of a valuable yeah. thing to practice and and it's it's you know you can get a few miles here and there like you know ma- exactly. use, use it use the tool for what it's for and that's that's a great use for it for sure yeah and then that way you're not like you know sometimes the trails especially in the spring they're you know, San Diego is a unique place and like people love to be outside. And so there's the popular trails get really busy and then you're like weaving in and out of people. And it's not like you can really run up that, that trail when you've got a, a, hundreds of other people there. So being on the incline training really helps a lot and being able to practice that without having to worry about run you know, weaving in and out of people and stuff too. It's not as pretty, right. but it does give you a little bit more of that. And I can do it anytime because I work from home. So if I need a five minute break, I can go on there and like, you know, get a couple hundred feet in and, mm-hmm. you know, 10 minutes or something and then go back to work. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, I mean, that's, I, I, uh, I can echo that sentiment, not that I, not to get on the treadmill bit, but like, you know, just doing something to break up the day, like get a little, get a little yoga in or get a little time on the spin bike or cause, cause I can, that's, that's a, that's, you know, pot calling the kettle black here. Like I, I can't do the treadmill. I can get on the spin bike all day. So, you know, same, same, <laughs> same logic that, that applies, I guess, but you know, just something to, to break up the day is, is definitely helpful uh, if you have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah. want to want to shift gears uh, a little bit, Jenny. But uh, first, sure. want to take a second and, and pay a couple bills, and, and going to do a little little different sponsor read today, guys. A little a little different. We're going to uh, go ahead and, and uh, jump in with a little conversation here with with Croy, who's one of the the head honcho guys over at Exoskin, and kind of talk a little bit uh, just for a minute uh, about uh, kind of how Exoskin came to be. So uh, here we go with with Croy. Very simply, uh, the owner of the company and the founder, Rick Rudinger. Um, his primary business is selling his patented yarns or fibers 
to major label brands such as Adidas, Asics, Merrill. All of those brands incorporate some of his fiber into their products. Um, what he saw as an opportunity was to develop a product that was solely focused or used his yarns um, throughout the entire product and not just a little bit. For case in point, a lot of socks where you find those yarns, the yarn will only appear in the toe and the heel of the sock. Mm. Well, that's great for your toe and your heel, but it does nothing for the rest of your foot. So that was really the genesis and the aha moment for Rick was to develop a technically sound product that is based on performance and comfort and not marketing buzzwords and hype. Thanks, Croy. And guys, if you want to head over to exoskin.us, you can check out everything that Exoskin currently has available. There are some more products coming as well, so uh, stay tuned. Hopefully, we'll be talking about those uh, before long. And uh, make sure, if you, if you find something on the site that you like, make sure you use the code DISRUNS at checkout. Save yourself 20%. At checkout. So, Jenny, the, you know, like I said, shifting gears just a little bit, something that I, that I noticed when I was kind of checking out the website and, and kind of coming up with uh, a few things that uh, might be interesting to talk about is that you've been you've been blogging for uh, for a little while now. Um, it, it yeah, looks like it, it looks like it's about five years, which uh, um, means that you started your blog just just uh, a couple of months probably before uh, I started the podcast. So I feel like like uh, again, you know, it, one of those one of these kind of concentric circles that we've kind of been in for a while. Um, but, uh, you know, taking it back five years ago or so now to, to when uh, Running Legs started, what was what was the, uh, the impetus to start a running blog? Yeah, I think I just wanted to share my story. And I was one of the, the reason why it was original. It's still called Runny Legs Burnt Toast. But um, typically, I just go by Runny Legs. And the reason was is that, like, I always had something that was going wrong. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, it. It took a while to figure out the name, but once we figured it out, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like light bulb, you know, perfect because I had so many injuries and so many issues and all this stuff. And like, I was trying so hard, but yet something was always happening. <laughs> and so I think I wanted to share all that with people. Um, plus, you know, I'm not a super fast runner, but you know, have a lot of passion for the sport and uh, wanted to share that too with others. I think my first blog was for the um, Phoenix half marathon. Um, and if I remember correctly, I had been in Nashville for a work the day before we get back, I slip and, you know, bust open my knee uh, right as I'm getting back from the event at like midnight and we have to be there at like three in the morning. <laughs> so, you know, it was kind of one of those things like, seriously, you know, like how am I, am I even going to be, you know, freaking out? Am I going to be able to get my packet, you know, my bib and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, I remember like all the crazy stuff that used to happen. It's not quite that bad anymore. I got my hamstring tendonitis fixed finally. And that helped a lot of the other injuries um, and getting my hips aligned, uh, which it, for especially female runners and runners in general, glute workouts, you know, glute strength is so important. Like that's how I got the hamstring tendonitis because I didn't, ha I have weak glutes and yeah, that's my number one recommendation. Do glute strength training. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was how I started it. And then it originally was like just, um, race recaps. And then every once in a while I would get like, you know, a work with someone and do a, a review of a product. And I worked with Bib Brave for a long, a while and mm -hmm. did a lot of product reviews with them. Um, now I, 
I do my best, but um, it's so hard to keep up sometimes because we run a lot of races. And so I'm not one who, and I talk, I write a lot. So it's not like, you know, here's, you know, a couple paragraphs, right. it's like a, pages. So I think I do my best to recap as quickly as I can, but a lot of things get missed these days. And we're so busy running that I don't have time <laughs> to blog as much as I right. used to, but I do my best. And uh, yeah. Um, but I, I get a lot of page views for different races cause we've done so many mm-hmm. that, um, if at least I can give some insight into a race for somebody else, then that's like my ultimate goal. Um, whether it's my basing it all on my experience and stuff. Right. Right. Um, have you, have you noticed, um, I don't know if the if theme is quite the right way of saying it, but has has the the blog and the website changed and evolved over time? Because I feel like like as I as you know one of those things I don't notice as much until I kind of look back and go, wow, like yeah, five years ago when when the podcast started, like I was doing you know some things have stayed the same, but a lot of things are quite quite different than than they were then. Um, has have have you had any type of of similar evolutions with with the blog along the way? Um. You know, I think for the most part, it's always been a story, like, you know, sharing my experience. So I don't, I'm sure there's some things that have changed. I haven't really looked back that, Mm -hmm. that often. Um, but like this past week, um, before we ran the LA marathon, I was sharing all of the blogs that I had done. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is probably like the picture quality, Mm -hmm. um, and maybe talk, but you know, really it's always been a story, like tell my side of this, my story of what happened. And so that doesn't, really change it's mm-hmm. just the story is different each year or at each race or you know that sort of thing so probably that's that's about it yeah i don't gotcha. think that there's been a lot um that in the frequency of the blogs is probably the only other thing um that would be the case gotcha gotcha go ahead oh i was gonna say i don't have like a um, ads and all that stuff mm-hmm. in my blog. So it's not like that has added in there. Um, it's basically just something for me to share. Um, and then as many people who is want, want to, um, read it mm-hmm. is fine. It's not my, my time job. So right. <laughs> it's just for fun. Have, have you, well, back up to that just to, just to say, uh, just a hair, um, are, with, with most of your, or at least a, a good, a good number of your posts being race reviews, things like that. Um, are you the type of person that, that, uh, goes and reads a bunch of other race reviews or cause I'm, I'm, you know, if I'm, if I'm just gonna be honest, I'm not like, I, I, um, just have never really gotten like, not that I dislike reading them when I, when I do read them, but it's just like, I'm not the one that's going to be like, uh, I'm thinking about running this race. Let me go read 60 re- reviews, you know, on, on different blogs and different platforms about, about this race. So, which I think is probably why I've never really gotten into doing a lot of reviews of the, the races that I've done. Like people will ask, I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, it was, it was a great race, but like, I don't like really break it, break it down. Um, so are, are you th- the type of person that is really interested in, in reading other reviews or, or not so much? Um, I think it depends on the race. If it's a race I've never run before, I might look into it, um, especially for a trail race, um, mm. because I want to know like, and, but it's also 
so subjective. Right. Because I can read that blog for somebody else, for your blog. Let's mm-hmm. say you had one and, and you were talking about your race, but you're a different speed or you're, you're doing a different distance or you're doing this. So like our experiences are going to be different. Right. But my main goal when I read those is to find out like, is it really hilly? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like what was the terrain like, you know, and that's still subjective because what I call technical and what someone else calls technical could be two different things. And surprisingly, so (laughs) (laughs) like, um, but yeah, mostly for that, like what was the weather like, what was the, you know, trying to get an idea or if there's something really cool in the middle of the race, like, do I need to know when that waterfall is going to come up? So I'm prepared Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be able to take a picture, um, you know, that type of thing. Um, I'm not so concerned necessarily in how their race went, but, but for my blog, like that's my, my thing. Like I talk about my story Mm -hmm. and then all the things that happen, you know, along the way. And hopefully, I mean, some people find it interesting. Um, but you know, I guess it's, there's something for everybody Mm -hmm. and that's, and again, if a few people read it, then that's enough for me. <laughs> right, right. Well, and, and, and yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, kind of, again, going back to something we, we talked about earlier, just about how how different and, and how many how many um, different personalities and different different flavors and different, uh, you know, different things that people like within the running community that, that there are. So, you know, you, you might have somebody mm-hmm. like me who's like doesn't care as much about a race review, but really wants a gear review or really wants, for me, it's more of the injury stuff. Like, cause my background is in athletic training and sports medicine. So it's like, you know, when people are, are, are talking about their injuries or their aches and pains, I'm like, that's, that's the stuff that interests me. Cause a, cause I feel like yeah. maybe I can try to help a little bit, but B it's like, you know, just learning more of, of, you know, kind of what, what are, you know, I, I feel like I know what the more common things are, but there's always random things, the random injuries, random issues that, that pop up. And so it's like, that's where I, I try to learn versus other people. I'm, I'm sure can be like, Hey, you know, if somebody's talking about an injury, like, I don't want to read that. Cause I don't want any of that bad, those, those bad vibes that <laughs> potentially that might lead to me getting injured. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the things that I certainly enjoy about, um, you know, about the blogging, the blogging world, the blogosphere and, and podcasts and, and, you know, all the different mediums that are out there these days for people to share their stories um, is that, you know, we can, we can get the things that we're more interested in and, and, not, you know, and, and more power to, to those that are writing about things that we're not as interested in, but you know, there's other people out there. So it's, it's, exactly. I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say other than that, like, you know, if that's, if that's what you enjoy doing, then that's what you should keep doing. And I think that that's, you know, kind exactly. of rings true for all of us. Exactly. And, you know, I don't have a coaching background or a athletic. I did, was an athletic trainer back in high school um, <laughs> for the football team, but, uh, you know, student trainer, but um, taping ankles and all that good stuff. But anyway, I don't have that. So I don't really want to get into like, OK, here's what I do, you know, because, you know, it, social media is an impressionable place. Right. And people think like, oh, you're doing that. So I should do that. Well, I'm not advocating one way or another. And most time I wouldn't advocate what we do anyway because we don't really (laughs) like you know we're doing short runs during the week and then running long on the weekends and that doesn't work for everybody um and our going out and doing like I walked 50 miles last weekend like I wouldn't recommend that to everybody but I mean Mm -hmm. if you can why you know right why not but that's not necessarily going to get you a fast time somewhere Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's what I, what Sean and I do is different than what I, than most people do. And that's fine. It works for us and stuff, but like the traditional training method is different than what we do. 
I well, mean, but I don't want to push that to anybody else, you know, do you and, and all that. So. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what I was just going to say. And that, that, you know, it, who, who cares what the traditional training, like, and, and, it, and it, it is a little bit tricky though, sometimes for, for me, cause like, you know, when I'm trying to give, um, kind of what, what, it, what would be considered somewhat general, but, but good advice, solid advice, sound advice. But then I'll have one of the athletes that I do work with that they're like, well, wait a second, you said, you said this, but, but we're doing, and I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, like there's a difference between <laughs> what, what I'm going to tell one person to do, knowing their situation and knowing, knowing their history and, and their goals and things like that versus, you know, that, that's, that maybe that wouldn't be what I would encourage everyone to do, but you know, so, exactly. so it is a, a balancing act like that. Um, and, and, you know, talking about kind of you, you doing you, um, and this is something that I just saw on, on social media the other day and I actually kind of wrote it, wrote an email about it because it was just kind of, I feel like I've, this has popped up a few different places, but, um, knowing that, that you're an, an orange mud lady, just like, just like I am. And, and I saw some mm-hmm. of your pictures, um, from the LA marathon with you wearing your, your pack out there during, during the race, which is something that, um, I've definitely been, uh, doing in the last couple of years since I kind of got, you know, got a pack that I actually liked and fits well and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Which is where the, where the orange <laughs> bud comes in. But, uh, I've, I've seen some people, I've, I've been probably guilty of, of a little bit of kind of giving some side eye to somebody when I see him wearing a pack at a race. And I'm like, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's water stations every mile, right? Like you don't really need to, to carry your, your, your camel back or your, your bottles or whatever the case might be. And now, now I'm one of them. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to, to, ask or lead into here is, you know, I've, I've seen people, like I said, I just saw a post the other day saying, I don't know, like I always train with my, with my pack and like, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if I should, am I going to look ridiculous for wearing it during, you know, an upcoming half marathon or whatever, um, without, without just saying, you know, you do you and you do what you need to do. But like, like, have you ever felt awkward doing that going into a road race, which I think again, kind of trail versus roads, probably at the trails, like nobody would bat an eye that you're wearing a a pack for a a half marathon. But you go, you go to a half marathon or a full marathon that's a road race, especially a big race like L.A. where there's going to be all kinds of crowd support. There's going to be all kinds of aid stations, things like that. You probably don't, quote unquote, need it, but, but it's what, what works for you. you know, is, is there ever any, any feelings of awkwardness? Or what, what's your thought on, on that side of things? Kind of knowing, I think I know what your thought's going to kind of be, but um, just kind of throwing um, that honestly, out there. Honestly, I, I don't really think about it. Um, I just wear what I mo- – and. The number one reason that I wear my pack is so I can keep my phone <laughs> and not have to worry about it getting. I sweat a lot, and um, at that first Disney marathon, I uh, I burned out my my camera because I had it in my shorts pocket or side of my shorts, and I it was so humid that I burned out my camera. So I was like, "Oh no, I can never do that again." So wearing the pack, I can put my phone into my um, pocket. Um, and not have to worry about it. But also I like to have, um, I use carbo pro and an electrolyte as my fuel. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wear my pack too. Cause I want to use my own fueling and not have to rely on, um, the Gatorade or whatever it is that they have out there. And most of the time that stuff doesn't have any calories in it. Whereas the carbo pro mm-hmm. has a hundred calories per scoop. So that's where I get my calories versus eating like gels and stuff right. like that. And, you know, I think I carried a bottle once for a 5k and that was a little awkward. (laughs) Um, I probably wouldn't do that again for a 5k because it's so short, but, um, for me, short Mm -hmm. for me. And, um, I would say anything over a half though, I'm going to wear my pack. And like you said about the trails, a lot of trails, even the short distances, you're required to take something, even a small bottle or something like that because of the heat or the distance between aid stations. 
things like that. Cause they just want to make sure that you're covered. Um, I can't tell you the number of races I've seen and they're like, you have to have a, have a, at least, you know, like 20 ounces with mm-hmm. you at all times. And that's just for safety purposes. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, it, I, again, you know, it, it's one of those things that I didn't, I didn't, like I said earlier, I kind of, kind of was, was maybe that, that judgy guy uh, a little bit. Not, not that I ever really like cared, you know, whatever you, you do what you need to do, but like, it, it just didn't make sense to me until, until you start to, to experience it until you start to realize that, yeah, you know, you can, like you said, you can have your own fuel. You can, you can carry something more easily. Um, cause I, I feel like I'm kind of right there too now where it's like the, the, the pack is half for the, the water and half for, I can have my phone and I can have my keys and I can have like, I can have the things that, uh, you know, they're probably not necessarily required, but they're, they're nice to have and nice to not have them in a, yeah. in a pocket or, or bulging out somewhere or bouncing around or things like that. So, um, yeah. yeah. But that being said, I will say I ran, um, what was it? We did, oh, the 50 miler that we did last week, uh, the run for kids, I was walking without my pack and it is nice not to have to carry it because you, it gets heavy. <laughs> so, you know, if you're going a, a distance, if you don't have to wear it, it's, and you want to go fast, you're probably better off without it. But um, just because of the weight, like mm-hmm. it adds up. Um, but I typically do just so that I have all the stuff that I want to have with me. Um, but it is kind of nice in some of the shorter distances to not have anything on you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I figure I figure when I get to that point where like Boston qualifying is is hopefully within reach and it's like a few seconds here or there, then it's like then then yeah, then maybe I'll, I'll have to cross that bridge of, of leaving the pack at home. But for right now, it's like yeah, uh, a few seconds, not uh, not make or break. So I'd rather you know have, yeah have exactly. Stuff with me. <laughs> well, I tend especially in trails like when you're carrying two liters of water and just like some. Um, extra clothes mm-hmm. and you know every all this other fueling and everything else um those packs they just get so heavy like i know my shoulders start to right. ache after a while because <laughs> um, two liters of water is a lot heavier than what you would expect mm-hmm. like once you put it on your back you're like whoa okay and, and it doesn't after, feel that after that- 20 miles or so you're like yeah this is kind of heavy um but yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It doesn't feel that bad when you first put it on, but, but be out there for four or five, six hours. And all of a sudden you're like, damn, this thing is this like, even the best packs is like, I wouldn't mind taking this thing off right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You take it off and you're like, whoa, right, I have right. no idea. I feel, I feel so much lighter all of a sudden. What happened? <laughs> exactly. Oh, so uh, as, as we're wrapping up, Jenny, I, I feel like, uh, like, like I say this often, like we could probably keep going for, for a while. I, I know that, I mean, we talked about maybe two or three races and there's only, you know, 90 something other ones that we could have talked about and, uh, <laughs> stories that, that could exactly. be told, but at some point we got to, got to wrap this thing up. So as we're getting to that point, um, I, I like to, to close off with, with what I call kind of a philosophical question, which is a fancy way of saying, it's just kind of like the introductory question, very, very open-ended, uh-huh. uh, kind of can take it, take it wherever you want. And kind of, instead of having the same question to always end, I kind of bounce it around a little bit, depending on, on some of the things we talk about but um we just we just be curious i don't think we really even touched on this this at all and it, it's one of my favorite questions to ask uh so i'm going to go with this one as, as the last question for today but um at this point in your life you know with with all the races and and the, the, the things that are still you know in store the races that you're still going for the goals things like that um what what does what, what has running taught you uh, about yourself so you know kind of looking back before before you got into it down here in in orlando and and, and the galloway and the, the disney races and, and whatnot um is is there a lesson or two or, or a half a dozen or whatever, um, that, that, you know, kind of, you know, no way of knowing for sure, but man, if, if I, if you hadn't started running, maybe you would have never learned this lesson. And so, uh, you know, I kind of say all that to give you just a chance to think for a minute, but, um, 
can you can you think of anything that running has really taught you that that's you've been able to use outside of your running life to to benefit you in, in other areas of life as well oh wow um okay so i would probably say like the biggest thing is that like i'm stronger than what i think <laughs> than what i thought like you know at the beginning i never thought that i would go over a mile like you know and then every time you go over it you're like whoa okay i can you know now it's not as much because it's harder to get to new distances when you get, right. you know, I'm up to hundred K now. And so now in order to get to the next distance, it's like, okay, I have to go to a hundred miles. Um, but yeah, it's stronger. And like the mental aspect is still something that I struggle with, but um, I think just knowing that I can do it, like even that 50 miles that I walked last weekend, like I knew I could do that. It was going to be hard and I wasn't really trained and I'd, been sick and some things and but I knew I could do it and so that I think is one of those things that you know once you get to that part get to a certain point like you know that you can do it and you don't even need to have that training necessarily Mm -hmm. because your body kind of remembers and you know the mind is like it says okay I can do this and you've done it before and so I think just getting the distance at least once um, really helps like your confidence level. And, you know, I hit my first um, sub four marathon last year and, you know, it took me 20 marathons to get there and it was always a goal in the back of the head, but it was kind of one of those things where, Oh, you know, it's not that important. But when I first, when I finally got it, um, it was like, whoa, I can really do this. And I didn't even train for it, you know, and that was such a confidence booster. And I think sometimes you just need like a something small to remind you that you are strong enough and not, not just physically, but mentally as well to do things. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And, and, uh, you know, as, again, as I, as I say fairly regularly, I'm not going to, not going to, muddy that up by trying to add anything to it. I think that's a great way to, to wrap things up. So thank you for that. Uh, once again, guys, runny-legs.com is the website uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, social media is at runny legs, all just all without the dash. So all just one, one big word right there. Uh, Dizruns.com slash seven one two is the link to take you back to the show notes for today. If there's anything that you uh, talked about that you want to check out different, you know, and, and uh, links and all that kind of good stuff. Um, but uh Thank you, Jenny, for, for taking the time today. Um, and and uh, like I said, it's long overdue, um, but I, I appreciate the time and, and certainly wish you uh, nothing but the best going forward. And I'm sure we'll continue to be in a lot of these same circles. So uh, continue to I, I'm looking forward to continue to watch, uh, watch things go for you and, and see what the future holds. But uh, thanks again for the time and, and nothing but the best. Thank you and have a great rest of your day. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation between Jenny and myself. And as always, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's conversation. What was something that we talked about that uh, really kind of hit home with you as it relates to you know your running or to something something else that we touched on today that that really strikes for you? Um, for me, it uh, was it, it kind of came down. I mean, I kind of shared a little bit about it during the the conversation with with Jenny as well. But the idea of, of you just doing what you need to do. Uh, you know, is especially uh, and importantly, as long as it's not interfering with what anybody else is doing, what, what other people are doing on race day, you're not, not negatively impacting someone else, then you just take care of yourself. 
you know, and, and, uh, obviously in, in our conversation, it related to, you know, kind of the idea of, of taking hydration with you, wearing, wearing a pack, wearing a, a belt, uh, whatever it is on, on race day and how, um, admittedly and, and regrettably I used to not, not like super judge, but judge, you know, I, I would, I just thought it was ridiculous that, that people would do that. And now I'm one of those people now and how I am absolutely a, a person that carries my, uh, you know, my hydration pack, my orange mud gear with me, um, bottles already mixed up with whatever, you know, whatever solution I want, whether it's tailwind, whether it's just water, whether it's water with a little bit of vitamin C and some salt in it, whatever it is, I've got what I want. I've got what I need, um, what I'm used to, what I'm comfortable with. And I don't have to rely on the race and, and only drinking at certain spots and things like that. And, and sometimes I think it's, it's easy enough to do, to get caught up in worrying about what other people are doing, whether it's from carrying hydration, whether it's from, you know, run walk, whether it's from form, whether it's from, you know, outfits, whether it's, it's whatever it is, it's just easy to get worried about what other people are doing. But, um, I just believe that, uh, that most people don't really care, you know, just like you probably don't really care what other people are doing. Uh, most of the time you might, you might look and might be like, Oh man, like, like that person looks great or boy that you can tell they're really hurting, but you're not like getting worked up about what other people are doing or look like looking like, or what they're, what they're carrying with them on race day. And for the most part, most people are doing the same thing with you. They, they, they might notice you, but they don't, they don't really care. They're not really passing serious judgment one way or the other. So you know, when push comes to shove, you do you. And that's something that, uh, I've certainly come to embrace. I don't, I don't even hesitate to put my, my pack on anymore. And every once in a while I'll be running with somebody during a race. And they're like, man, I, I don't know how you carry that thing. And I'm like, man, I don't know how you don't, I don't know how you don't. It's nice to have uh super convenient with, you know, with, with just, I, I know where things are. I know I have what I need. I don't have to, to wait for the next water stop to take a sip. I just have it right there. I can, I can take a sip whenever I want. So you do you on race day. Again, as long as it's not interfering with anybody else's race, you're not negatively impacting somebody else. You do what you need to do and don't worry about what anybody else might be thinking because for the most part, they're not really thinking about you at all. So that was, that was my takeaway. Uh, what about you? What stood out to you from this episode? Let me know. Shoot me a tweet at Dizruns. Shoot me an email, Dizruns at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Dizruns. Still getting used to throwing that into the old, uh, uh, verbiage here at the end. Um, and last but not least, you can head over to the show notes for today. Dizruns.com slash seven one one. Uh, feel free to leave a comment, thoughts, feedbacks, takeaways there on in the comment section as well. So, uh, before we wrap up today, just want to put another plug out there for the little things course. If you haven't checked it out yet, I know a lot of folks have been jumping into it and, uh, so far getting a little bit of feedback. Um, but uh, if you haven't jumped into it, checked it out yet, uh, lots of videos, some texts, some, some, hopefully some good resources there. Uh, disruns.com slash little things talking about sleep, talking about diet, nutrition, talking about flexibility and, and mobility with, with, you know, as far as it relates to recovery, talking about cross training, talking about a lot of those things that, uh, we need, we all know we need, but, uh, it's easy to overlook when we just focus on our running and getting more miles and getting more miles and getting the right miles and, and all that kind of stuff. The little things are kind of important, y'all. So uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, do so. It's free. The course is 100% free. There's nothing in there that you have to pay for. Um, so check it out. Let me know what you think. And if, if you like the idea, if you like having these types of courses, let me know that as well. Because I've got some ideas for, for some new courses to create uh, at some point. And if there's enough people going, yeah, I like this. Do more of this. 
uh, we'll bump that up the timeline a little bit and make, make the next course happen sooner rather than later. So let me know what you think about the Little Things course when you have a chance. Dizruns.com slash little things. And if you've already checked it out, hit me up. Let me know what you think. Feedback is certainly appreciated. So with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this thing up. Thanks again to Exoskin for sponsoring today's episode. Exoskin.us is the website. Dizruns at checkout. Thank you guys for supporting the sponsors. Thank you guys for supporting me. Thanks for supporting the show. Thanks for spreading the word. All you do, certainly, certainly appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you again for listening, for the time, for the attention, for taking me with you wherever it was that we went today. Hope you have a great rest of your day and certainly looking forward to talking to you again soon. All right? Y'all take care. See you guys.